0: Welcome, Sonic Archaeologists. Peering back through the mists of time, elapsed, looking for audio relics from a bygone sonic age. Sucking it, grandad.
1: Uh, you're listening to the podcast version of The Quietest Hour, thequietest.com's weekly radio programme. For full versions of the programmes, including all of the songs and music, please visit our website, thequietest.com forward slash radio. Thanks for
0: listening. Can I remind them about the poof now? <laughs>
1: Crutch of the finest elm.
0: Hello, I'm John Dorwan. I'm Luke Turner. And this is the quietest hour.
1: So that's uh, Factory Floor. Dial me in their new song, and this is the Quietest Hour. John, you were sounding a little high
0: pitched there in the uh, yeah, your first s- introduction. What was Something going on? caught in my throat then for a second. I don't know what was going on. I got a touch of the old Allard Jones.
1: Jones. No, I'd like
0: to. I'd like to say thanks very much to my son uh, John Doran for stepping in to the, to the bridge when I fluffed my lines Would earlier. is just in case uh, John
1: uh, has an, a terrible barbering disaster. We're already grooming the other yeah. John Doran to take <laughs> over. Uh, who knows what will happen if I go. Right, this is the uh, quietest Hour. Uh, if you're listening on Facebook, hello, we'll wave at you on the camera. If you're listening on Mixcloud, you're going to miss that, but do tune in, uh, keep an eye on the Facebook page so you can find out when we're doing it. Today we've got all sorts of new music uh, from Warm Dusha, Cat's Eyes, Novelist, Jenny Vahl, Darren Heyman and other people and we're gonna to listen to the news and see if anyone is gonna persuade us to play them a song after, was it Trish last week John? Trish D, she was
0: great, wasn't she? She was
1: great. We need more people like Trish ringing in on o two o thirty three ninety three sixty three ninety five, telling us what to do.
0: I have to say that I uh, my will was weak last night and I had some ice cream and now I feel extra especially terrible today. So my bar for persuasion is pretty oh low. Dear. Do you find that uh,
1: now you're an abstemious man that ice cream hangovers are worse yeah, lager. yeah. So you can't I, just keep... You can't wake up and eat ice cream to cure it, can you? Like no, no,
0: absolutely not. That way madness lies. I'll tell you what, the most pernicious post-quitting, uh, post uh, the most pernicious hangover you can get... I found is a Coca Cola hangover.
1: No, it's, well, it's horrible stuff, isn't oh, it? Impressive. yeah.
0: You just feel so bizarre, like you're trapped in a, a Russian film from the nineteen seventies. Yeah. And oh,
1: they're there tucking into his uh, <laughs> bottle of Coca
0: Cola. <laughs> <laughs> Seb, our producer, he's enjoying his Coca
1: Cola. Enjoy your Coca Cola, uh, Seb. Yeah. Yeah. That was a yeah. nice
0: bit of product placement for Coca Cola there, and probably as effective as when it, that can turns up in the road. <laughs> 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 oh yeah, that was yeah, yeah that bit.
1: Yeah. yeah. I always thought that was they got that wrong in the road. Like if I wouldn't want a kind of Coca Cola if I was in the po- post-apocalyptic situation where I'm going to be eating. Imagine if you found a toilet with a full cistern and yeah. you could just go and have a jobby yeah, and yeah, yeah, flush. Yeah, yeah. And it'd yeah, be fantastic, yeah, yeah. wouldn't it? That would that would be yeah. a utopia uh, in a dystopian future.
0: What I'm always thinking about uh, when I'm watching um, Walking Dead, and as anyone who knows me will know that I'm, I'm really I don't watch any TV apart from obsessively watching Walking Dead over and over again. It's kind of driving me slightly around the bend. But there's a certain feminist issue to the fact that all of the women always have neatly shaved underarms and shaved legs. Uh, but also, there's something that transcends the gender divide, which is all of the characters seem to have fairly good teeth. Now, I mean, not our teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It I, and it occurred to me when I was watching the sixth series of Walking Dead If me and you went for a role while starring The Walking Dead, we'd be knocked back for having bad teeth. Bad teeth, yeah. Yeah, We don't have good
1: teeth in the Quiet's Office because we haven't got any money to. Yeah, no money, too much tea. Too much tea and coffee. Um, But yeah, I wonder about whether Edip Akbaram has uh, good (laughs) teeth.
0: Amazing link. (laughs) Amazing link.
1: (laughs) We're going to play play one of his songs uh, from 1982, and this is Aman Kerem. Aman Kerem.
0: That was Oedip Akhbararum on um, a recent reissue, the Dostlar EP uh, on Faraway Sounds, uh, which will be featured as my reissue album, uh, reissue label of the month in tomorrow's Vinyl Staircase feature, which also features, uh, I took a trip out to the coast to visit uh, our friends uh, Spencer and Kim. Uh, the transmission record shop and Spencer runs uh, Death Waltz Records. So I had a really nice chat with him at the seaside about things like gentrification. Margate, and... isn't
1: it? Hackney on sea. All, all the um... people who made 50p in the music <laughs> business in the 2000s have gone and bought half of Margate, haven't they?
0: Well, there you go. And so we talked about that and we talked about, but more pressingly, uh, what's going on with these um, Twin Peaks. Reissues that he's doing. So, yeah, that's all going to be on the
1: site tomorrow. Next up, we're going to play some music by Darren Heyman, who we're enthusiasts for here at The Quietest. He just does a series of exciting records, one after the other, meticulously researched. The last one, the other year that I loved about the Essex Wix trials, Uh, this new one he's doing is Thankful Villages. And our thankful village was a place in the Great War, which was obviously 100 years ago, where everybody came back alive. And there's not many of them, obviously. You know, most places, villages you go to, there's a war memorial or a plaque in the church. But there are some places where nobody died and they all came back. And he, Darren Heyman's new uh, project is going around these villages, making little films, uh, talking to people, writing songs it's a really amazing thing and for someone who kind of generally you know the mainstream the mainstream media uh, tends to ignore artists like darren Heyman; it's loads of press about this this wonderful project he's playing cafe otto on saturday doing are some of these songs are you
0: saying that darren Heyman's like the socialist worker march against the war of music well he sort of is he's, oh, right. well, he's well, you know he's a, a very
1: independent artist Sits in making, you know, he does, I think he does paintings of people's dogs and things to survive, you know, that's how he's, oh, right, okay. he kind of uh, makes enough money to make music.
0: I was on NTS the other weekend, and I shan't mention the DJ's name, but I, I, as I always do, I turn up quarter of an hour early, as you're supposed to, and kind of, so there's a smooth transition. And um, the, the, the person playing music was going into a bit of an indie hour, and they played some Stereo Lab. Fair play, then they played some Hefner, and uh, off her she said, "You should never meet your heroes." I met Darren Home once; it was a really disagreeable experience. Really? Oh, you know? I type, I... and I, but to be fair, to be fair, um, it, she wasn't implying anything. She just said he was really grumpy.
1: Oh, I've met him, and he's he was very nice. I did that film that we still haven't. Put I, up. I kind
0: of I, I think it's a musician's job to be in a bad mood all the time. I, I, in fact, how would you trust a, a happy musician? What, yeah, I what, mean, you know, what is there to be happy? We
1: about? were listening to a musician with a view to playing them on the radio earlier and they they it was so boring, I bet they were happy. I bet yeah. they've got a nice yeah, kitchen yeah, 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 with yeah. those exposed filament light bulbs and all that sort of stuff. Exactly. You, you don't yeah, know, yeah. I'm not interested in those people. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> on that, dour note, this is Darren Heyman and Strethall. Where you gonna go? Where Come on
0: imposterous tip mangle Judd Nelson.
1: So that was Nails, it was Nails wasn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, Hard as Nails, great bit of grindcore there. I've got a feeling that, like, it's like it's like with depression, you know, you just occasionally, you know, it goes on and on and then suddenly, you just without realising you've snapped out of it and I feel that I've spent about a year not listening to metal, just not really digging it, you know, and I listened to that with Carl in the office the other day and we were headbanging, it was great and I'm like, yeah, I love this, it's brilliant. What was I worried
1: about? There we go, that's good. Now. Somebody on the Facebook stream, they, you
0: said you would answer any question. Yes. And they said, what was behind the hotel door, John? What well, was behind the hotel door? As you know, I tend to, I don't really like spending too much time on my own, but uh, especially in hotel rooms. I don't know what it is, but I, have, I always have an existential crisis. I love spending time by myself in hotel rooms. No, I bet you do, you terrible man. And like, there's this thing that I always used to notice in, um, in hotel rooms is there's always a third door. Where does the third door mm. lead to? And it's like if you're in a hotel room at your own on your own at one in the morning and you start hearing tapping behind the third door <laughs> and you're like, why? 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 And, uh, I I never have the nerve to open the door, I, but I noticed that the door was unlocked and I tried the lock and I knew I could have opened the door. But I just I, I didn't, and what I did instead was I just sat up all night looking, staring at, door, at it. Staring you put a picture on your Facebook. Thing is, there was probably
1: somebody behind that door, going, "Who's behind that door? Why are they trying the lock? They that, probably heard it." Yeah, yeah. That's it even was probably more someone just like you, exactly, who looked exactly
0: like me, <laughs> exactly, but with a tattoo of a tear under that eye. We were in Dunstable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, well, well. Sorry, Dunstable, but not really. <laughs> Um, so, what have you been up to? Uh, I went to see what my- existential crises have you faced recently? I should oh, say. they're
1: not—they're not—they're not exciting like that, really. They're just general malaise. Oh. Um, I went to see my dad at the weekend because my mum is in New Zealand, looking How is the after reverend? my little nephew. He's good. He is. Well, he's eating all the things he's not allowed to elite eat because my mum's away. So, uh, giant chops, <laughs> ice creams, uh, all that sort of thing. And yeah, we we had a lovely time. We went on a steam train and we went to the pub and uh yeah, it was good. It was just nice and I worked as, you know, as you do.
0: If anyone listening to the show uh, knows of a good way of finding out the exact routes that the Flying Scotsman will be taking, both oh, yeah. uh, both Luke and I would like to know. Um, the companies who look after the travel of the the travel routes and timetables of the Flying Scotsman uh, it, this is such a big thing in the lives of fans of steam trains uh, that they try and keep it uh, secret to to prevent the people trespass on tracks, yeah. they hang off bridges, it's like tulip mania all over again except with steam trains. So we would like to know, if you happen to know of any way of finding out where the Flying Scotsman's going to be going exactly at a given time, oh there's a bridge maybe we could go and stand on, I for one would like to I'd know. like
1: to go and see the Flying Scotsman and so would Seb. Christian do you want to go and see the Flying Scotsman? Sure. Even Christian wants to go and <laughs> see the Flying Scotsman. Uh, to be honest though John, uh, much as I like the Flying Scotsman and it's a beautiful train uh, Sir Nigel Gresley's Mallard is my favourite of the mainline. Oh, I wasn't. Steam I wasn't
0: for a second suggesting uh, that it was my favourite train, uh, which would, it is let's let's face it, a bit like um, it, it, it's like the pet sounds of steam trains, isn't it? Really, the Flying Scotsman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, no, no I tell you what. No, like, I, I, I'm being unfair to it. I think it's more like the unknown pleasures of steam trains. Why? Well, <laughs> it's sleek, it's futuristic, but it's an obvious choice.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, no, no, that makes sense. Yeah, because the. Um, the the, the Mallard no, no, is no. more it's
0: the metal box of steam trains
1: yeah and it is a <laughs> it's <is> a metal box <laughs> there you box. go there you go <laughs> yeah the Mallard's more is is definitely more uh, sort of craft in even though it's british yeah. rather than yeah, yeah, german yeah, yeah. and well speaker craft we will be we will be speaking of craftwork a we bit a bit later on and uh, now we've got some loose meat Sunny
0: Today's fair strings from
1: cosmic rings, if you look, you will see little Love come over me. Little love, come over me. Little love come over me. So that was Loose Meat and Octopus, which is a project to Mark from Archie Bronson outfit and Christian Craig Robinson who little did sound engineering me. for one of Grumbling Fur's live things that we did. There we go, that's a really pointless. In de fact. Um, right, John, should we have a go on the news? Yes, please. So there was a bit in that Loose Meat song that sounded a bit like the model by Kraftwerk. Kraftwerk have been in the courts this week and have lost a case uh, against a German artist called Moses Pelham, who had borrowed from, uh, well, sampled a couple of seconds of metal on me- metal for a song. And Kraftwerk took him to court and, lo- and won, and then he took them back to court and he beat Kraftwerk. And the uh, judges said that blocking samples would practically exclude the creation of pieces of music in a particular style. So, yeah, what do you think about that,
0: John? right disclaimer i love craftwork um i think anyone who knows anything about the site will know that we only cover music um after 1974 because that was the release date of craftworks autobahn which we spuriously chose as the what we consider to be the birth of modern music um you know like craftwork had been one of my favorite groups since i was a schoolboy when um tour de france first came out which is one of the first singles i ever bought um having said that though i would think really you know come on ralph you've probably made a few quid you're well into retirement years you're enjoying still going out and playing with craft work to kind of packed houses um all a craft work i should say are still enjoying like this kind of invigorated kind of like interest with a younger audience and they're playing all over the world. Those tape modern gigs were amazing. There was the huge reissue programme on Mute a few years back. It's like Moses Pelham, apart from the fact he's got an astounding name. What a great name. Um, other than that, who is he? Does it really how does it, you know, how does it improve your lot? First, Kraftwerk to be suing this little fella. Yeah, yeah, and it seems like you know,
1: the Kraftwerk's influence on so much music, you know, that they've been very content with. Why, why this guy?
0: You know, why pick on Moses? I mean, I must admit, I guess, like player, I guess, I guess they may still be stinging from the whole Africa Bamba Soul Sonic Force yeah. thing, when people just people did back in the day, hip hop and electro artists did used to lift their music wholesale and just rhyme over the top of it. Or just two seconds of metal on metal, I'd say, let it go, get in the hammock, get a Long Island iced tea on the go and just don't worry about it.
1: Yeah, yeah they, 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 they don't strike me as people who, d- who don't worry about things and get in a <laughs> hammock with Long Island iced tea, it's the problem.
0: Do you, do you know how they used to do, um, when they were in Kling Clang uh, in, in Dusseldorf, um, it is Dusseldorf isn't it, Anyway, they were in the Kling Clang studio. And if you had um, an interview with Kraftwerk booked, you had to phone up at a very specific time. And um, there was no dial tone. There's no dial tone on Kraftwerk's phone. They would sit there and look at the clock, and at 5 p.m. they would pick up and go, hello. And if it was dead, they'd just put it back down again. And that was <laughs> that your was interview <laughs> over. <laughs> but they were allowed to go around for a yeah. cup of
1: tea, weren't they? God oh,
0: dear. Um, and
1: then uh, Robert De Niro is doing a record with Nils Fram and Woodkid. For a film about Ellis Island, a Folktronica record. Now, I'm not sure I want to hear Robert De Niro and Nils Fram making a record together.
0: I've got to say that you now owe me £5, pound, which is the fee that every time you do a comedy foreign accent... I, uh, want- <laughs> <laughs> I was saying his name. I was trying to get it right. We messed up poor old Edip's Edith. right. name
1: earlier.
0: Yeah. Um, Robert De Niro. Why do? Why do kind of rich, old, successful men feel they have to do this? They get to a certain age, and then suddenly it's like, oh, quick! I better become a rock star. You know. Yeah. I mean, it is. I think it's
1: for the soundtrack. But it just—it's going to be a bit insipid, isn't it? I mean, this all the kind of like Neil's. It's it's a lot of smoke blown up that music. Bottom and it's quite boring.
0: Mm. A lot of uh, that stuff. I I temporarily just fell asleep even just thinking about it. (laughs) What? Who? Which actors would you like to hear actually do an album? Oh, I don't know. Do do you know who I'd like to see? Um, Oh, help me out. She was in David Bowie's last few videos. Tilda Swinton. She would make
1: a great album. She would. She must have been on a Coil record. You'd think so. It would have, have been, well, it would I've have been it. I've literally
0: just finished reading the book. I don't remember no, reading she about it. She, no. she
1: would have suited the esoteric.
0: She'd be amazing. Wrestle, she? I think, like, get her and Maxine P to front uh, Excentronic Research Council for a bit. They'd kick those two lads into shape. Yeah, you know I mean, <laughs>
1: sort them out. they'd, yeah, they'd introduce yeah, yeah. some discipline. They would, I think. Um, yeah, I saw something very amusing yesterday. You know, uh, you and I are not the biggest fans of Sigur John. We, uh, once oh my God, do you remember when we got <laughs> thrown out
0: of that playback?
1: Yeah. We once went to, it was a Royal Academy, wasn't it? We went yeah. to a Sigur album playback. We had to sit on blow-up chairs and they kept bringing us vodka in frozen ice glasses. And, and, they, and they played this really dull music at us. But the vodka had energised us, hadn't it? We, yeah, were, yeah, we yeah. were really energised and the music was so boring. It was so was so It was suggested. Dull. Uh,
0: Suggested quite forcefully that I should go and step out into the cold air and have a consider the further trajectory of my night out. To and be we, did, we,
1: we did, we did go out and we went to the, outside, went to the pub. Yes. Um, but there's apparently there's somebody, a uh, Tristan Bath, uh, Hello, Tristan, who does our tape column. He was putting something up about. Uh, about cigaros, and I made a very obvious and poor whale music joke. And he sent me the scene of in Game of Thrones where apparently cigaros are playing they are actually characters in Game of Thrones play game music, you know, talk getting that woo thing with some little instruments. And one of the Games of Thrones people sort of gets rid of them just throws money at them and they yeah, go away. Yeah, yeah. If only it was that easy in real life if if to only, get if rid only. of cigaros. And finally John, what's the third piece of news this
0: week? Swing Out Sister sued by Brother Beyond.
1: Oh. So that was Warm douche the sweet smell of Florida. Here we are in the quiet sour, admiring John's new trousers, which I believe you got from my favourite shop, TK Maxx.
0: Yes, indeed. And they are what I would describe as agricultural coloured uh, to kind of vaguely match my uh, olive coloured and floss, floss eating, no moth eating jacket.
1: Yeah, you know what? I was at a, I went to a giant flea market on Monday in Gloucestershire, huge at three counties showground, and they had you know those that kind of like work shirt thing like you've got and like oh, yeah. our yeah, friend yeah. Tony Sylvester have. They they were flogging a load of them, and I oh. nearly would have bought some, but. I, they were kind of the smaller ones for ladies. But it was oh, an amazing I flea know. market. Um, they had, you know, Eugene Terre Blanche, uh, the, uh, bad man. the really bad yeah, racist, yeah, racist yeah. Nazi man. They had his car insignia on the like the stickers with their horrible little swastika thing. It was really weird. The things we- you get at yeah. flea markets is just I w- I a mean, bit like, odd.
0: I, I went to a booth um, looking for records and I found some really, really nice Scandinavian prog on vinyl. And, but then I was walking around and it was in, um, so it's in Dalston, right? Mm. You know, at the border of Dalston and Stoke Newington. You think, could there be a more hand-wringingly liberal kind of left-wing kind of area of London? Probably not. Except I went into the car boot sale and there was a stall selling Nazi memorabilia. Why? Yeah. Why? Why do car boot
1: <laughs> sales and flea markets attract so much dubious uh, right wing stuff? But That's some really, strange.
0: really, really good vinyl traders as well. So yeah, there
1: go. wasn't much vinylist. I was actually I was taking a picture. Of there was a mannequin, a naked man mannequin with a military hat on, holding a basket <laughs> of flowers, and I was taking a picture of it uh, to put on my Instagram, like a like a Wally. And a man was like, Whoa. Well, you, I won't do the accent. He was, he was, he was saying he was worried about me because I was taking a picture of a mannequin's bottom. But it was a really nice bottom, and the oh, whole yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. mise en scene was fantastic.
0: Yeah, it's, it, it it had a firmness you can only dream of these days. Why exactly? <laughs> <laughs> I don't
1: know. John, my swimming routine is uh, walking walking up the hills. It's good for the oh. old cheeks. Oh. anyway, yes, uh, Moby, you went, you did a not not to think about my bum and then <laughs> and then Moby though you know he likes bottoms um, you did a talk with Moby last night didn't you
0: so I met Moby for the first time and you know how it is sometimes where you know you meet a lot of kind of famous musicians and stuff like that and with Moby I always thought I know how he's going to be he's going to be a really really nice guy and I met him and he was mm. you know and super professional you really, you know, often you go and do uh, like into Q&As with people and they kind of, they, uh, you, you if people don't want to talk to you beforehand, that's always a bad sign because it's like they don't want to have any kind of like, you know, warmth towards you. So that means you, they can have an argument with you essentially. And with Moby, it was the absolute opposite. You know, how are you doing? What have you been up to? Wanted to have a conversation, talking about journalists, friends we had in common and stuff like that. But also, he was uh, on stage. He was great. Had a wealth of anecdotes, and he told me about. He told me a lot of stuff about David Bowie. Mm. Now, interestingly enough, and this is a news exclusive for the people who are listening at home. <clears throat> um, somebody in the audience asked him about his relationship with David Bowie, and he said um, that, like, you know, he like David Bowie ended up being a neighbor of his in New York, and he would see him and Imam all the time, and. Um, As he's told you this story as well, isn't he? That like he, Bowie popped over at his house one day with his guitar and did uh, Moby a rendition of Heroes. Yeah. And he said it was like probably the best moment of his life. You know, if you had told the 10 year old Moby that Bowie would have been sat in his house serenading just him with the best song ever written, he wouldn't have believed you but also he said like um in the last few years as well like bowie gave him the fedora that he wore in the man who fell to earth yeah and he said he had a party around at his house once and he said there were a lot of people there smoking things they shouldn't have been and he couldn't find the hat afterwards but he's just found it recently oh that's and it's signed. the hat is signed to Love from David. oh that's lovely yeah and he said he almost so somebody said you know do you want to do another book so i should backtrack a second and say like this book porcelain which i was interviewing him about is fantastic um i quite like moby you know when i first used to go out raving go was a massive tune for me you know and anyone else about my age and that's like for those who don't know it's like the kind of the twin peaks theme music kind of puts a kind of like hardcore or whatever great you know great rave track But Moby's book is about... It's like a it's almost like a love letter to New York, a city that doesn't exist anymore. And this is the club in underground New York of the 80s and 90s. And he's already working on a second book, which is Moby's Life from Play, the release of the kind of really huge album that defined his career to the modern day. And he's struggling with the second book because he became an alcoholic and, you know, he wants to avoid... Um, the normal cliche of what these books are, you know, there's a redemption at the end he doesn't want to write a jolly lad, essentially <laughs> <laughs> uh, well then somebody said, would you write um, a prequel, and he goes, oh yeah, a prequel's an interesting idea, you know, like his childhood book, where he said, actually what, I, what I've kind of semi-seriously thought about is writing a book about David Bowie Oh wow! because you know, he's like you know he had such a you know he said like you know in kind of terms of like you know famous friends or whatever like Bowie was like one of his you know best mates or whatever in those terms. So I don't know. I think he might have been joking, but there you go. There's your little news story. Moby's thinking about writing a book on David Bowie.
1: And there's uh, if you search on the quietest, there's the Baker's Dozen that I did with him a couple of years ago, which you know as John says he just he's a very kind of humble, sweet. Man, really, isn't he? His, his stories,
0: he made a point of like, it's very, very hard to write about um, um, stuff that involves like heavy drinking and drug bu- drug abuse and kind of tales of degradation uh, and stuff like that without making other people around you sound bad as well. And like Moby made a point of like, you know, I don't believe in punching up or punching down, I'll punch inwards, you know what I mean? I, I think it's. <clears throat> you know he said it's not really for him to do and he said other than um, telling an anecdote about one of his mates being asleep and farting in his sleep he's <laughs> tried not to make anyone else look bad and you know he really doesn't pull his punches on himself some of the stuff you wince when you read in it in the book and it must have been difficult for him to read but he said no he kind of quite enjoyed it he takes a perverse pleasure in making himself look a, like a bit of a wally or whatever <laughs> you know
1: that's, it's porcelain isn't it it's a, yeah it's called porcelain
0: Faber. it's out on Faber soon I can't re- recommend it highly enough uh, this is misread So that was. Thank you, BBA. <laughs> there
1: we go. Uh, John Doran juniors BBA contributing to quite a sad end. That was uh, Miss Red Fever, which was on her Murder Mixtape, and she's got a new seven-inch coming out soon. Another big tune, Kevin. Another big tune, Kevin Martin involved. Obviously, there we always play. Mm. We play a lot of Kevin Martin music on. He's great, Friday, though, so, isn't he? Yeah.
0: Do you know
1: what I mean, yeah. So, so. it's the Persuader. Again, it's time for The Persuader, where you, our listeners, try to convince us, or John really, uh, to play you a song. Last week, Trish, uh, she rang up. Amazing Trish. She played us, persuaded us to play Madonna for it, and we very much enjoyed playing Madonna. Um, all you have to do to be part of this is not comment on the Facebook thing saying you want a song. You have to ring this number, 020 33 93 63 95, and persuade us to play you a piece of music. What works with you, John, in terms
0: of persuasion? Um, my bar is sat very, very low today. I would say if you were Scottish or sound like a Cockney or any kind of any threat of imminent physical or mental torture, I will cave in immediately. He's feeling weak, Seb. He- hectoring today. He- hectoring would be especially. Uh...
1: <laughs> Have we got any messages, Seb? We've got two! Two messages. Play the first.
0: Thank you, Hmm. Now that sounded like a young man who spends too much time watching Messi Goes to Okie doe and not enough time brushing his teeth. I say unpersuaded. What about the second message? Here it is. Iggy Pop, please. Ah, uh, he was polite that time, so yes, let's pay Iggy <laughs> Pop and the passenger. Persuaded.
1: that was Mr. Pop and uh, the passenger and uh, that was we were persuaded and if you want to persuade us thanks to little John uh, yeah if you want to persuade us ring 020 33 93 and tell us what to do um, we're nearly finished now what are we up to we, we're both doing something this weekend
0: uh, we, I can't remember what it is we're doing
1: the Stoke New Literary Festival oh
0: yeah no right okay i blanked it from my memory because I'm having a bit of a panic. The guy um, who was supposed to be interviewing me, Simon Mason, big shout out, hello to Simon. I hope everything's all right with you. Uh, he's had to drop out for personal reasons. And then also the guy who's supposed to be doing the Q&A with us, Daniel Trillin, awesome guy, runs the uh, New Humanist magazine and is like a very good uh, kind of left-wing journalist. Uh, he's got tons of light. No, so he no. can't do the interview. So now I'm just sort of like looking at this... Hour on my own in a pub in Stoke Newington on Saturday at two o'clock that I have to fill on my own. So, yeah, if anyone's listening to this and they want to do a show with me in a pub on Saturday afternoon, get in touch really, really quickly (laughs) with some really good ideas. Uh, Yes. And then on Friday night, I'm
1: doing a uh, talk reading about Epping Forest and all the sex uh, that has happened. And still happens in Epping Forest, to the east of London. It features cosy fanny tooties, porn shoots, gay cruising, dogging, and certain things about my family as well. Um, yeah, so that's Friday night at Stoke New Literary Festival. Uh, some of our writers are also appearing,
0: like Jude Rogers. Uh, Travis is talking about parks. I think the same thing as I'm doing, and. Uh, Oh yeah, I should say that I'm also on... At 11am there's a free event um, about uh, punk rock, but don't turn off because I'm the anti-punk guy. I think think I'm going to be saying, forget punk memorabilia, what about all the other great stuff that was going on in 1976 and all about all the other good stuff that's going on now in 2016? Why do we have to be sat around talking about Plastic Bertrand? And also featuring on that panel is Samir Eskander, who's one of our writers.
1: Great, and yeah, speaking of uh, things that aren't old punk. Rubbish. This is novelist.
0: one
1: set, let me chat about flows. One set, let me chat about roads One set, let me chat about yells. One set, let me chat about dough, yo. One set, let me chat about flows. One set, let me chat about roads One set, let me chat about yells. One set, let me chat about yo, yo. I got a new flow and I'm gonna boss it. Say he got a new shot and they gonna boss it. Ed's got a bit beat last year, so this year I don't really trust it. Yours in a hood man still buttons it. Mums, don't try cuss it, and you for a rolling. So that was uh, freestyle from Novelist, which I don't. You can't even buy. It. You have to do it on YouTube. If you put it into YouTube, Novelist block freestyle, it'll pop up. There you go.
0: it's <laughs> awesome. great in a Novelist. Fantastic. I want him uh, rapping on my I
1: hadn't realised how young he was because he's been around for a long time. I've been, I'm sure, I've been hearing his name for like years now. Uh, and he's he's something crazy young. He's even oh. younger than Christian, which is... Really? Yeah, which is, which is really young. How old's novelist,
0: Christian? 18.
1: 18, 18
0: 19. So like when we first heard him, he must have been like 15 or something. Something like that. Yeah. Crazy times.
1: These young people, John... Hang on,
0: 15? Does that mean he was born this millennium? He might have been. I told you this would happen sooner or later. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: Right, that was The Quietest Hour. Thanks for watching and listening on Facebook, if that's what you were doing. Thanks for listening on Mixcloud, if that's what you are doing. Um, we're going to finish with a track by Cat's Eyes. There's a feature on them going up on The Quietus tomorrow, or there was one happening at some point in the past that you can go on Google for. And thank you very much, Seb White, our producer.
0: Thanks to Little John. I'm really sorry for saying that you're troublesome brushing your teeth. He's actually fantastic brushing his teeth. So there you go. i have started to feel really guilty about making that joke. I'm glad we've cleared
1: up that, <laughs> that, that future therapy issue for yeah. Little John there. And uh, yes, thanks, John. Thanks, Luke. See you next time.
0: That's over. Time to put the poof back in its dusty slot. You were
1: enduring the Quietus Hour podcast, and if you're a real glutton for punishment, you can listen to the entire programme featuring all the music via our website at thequietus.com forward slash radio.
0: If you'd like to support what we do, there is a support button on the front page of the website uh, where you can make donations and help us carry on our uh, fantastic work.
1: (laughs) Or you can just pay us to stop.